0: Alrighty folks, welcome back fans, viewers, all walks of life to Zoopy the Autotelic Mindset. Uh, I'm here with uh, Mr. Michael Panawik, Uh and as always I kind of start my podcasting with saying how lucky we are to have uh, these athletes come on to uh, the show as um, you know they have their busy schedules uh, and whatnot as well so I just want to thank you Mike for coming on board today. Yeah and thanks for having me Ryan. Uh, yeah, anytime. So I'm going to kind of give Michael the floor and kind of let him do uh, a little introduction of some of his um, accomplishments, uh, where he grew up, uh, and all of that fun stuff. So I'll let you take the floor here, Mike.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so my name's Mike Panowick. I grew up in Whippy. Um, I'm the youngest of, of four children. I have three older sisters, which was uh, kind of a unique upbringing, to, to say the least, but uh, a good one nonetheless. Uh, I grew up playing hockey, lacrosse really any 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 and all sports um, from a pretty young age, uh, probably since like three three or four years old, I was on skates and kicking a soccer ball around, playing lacrosse so um, all throughout my life a- athletics and, and sports were were a big part, and uh, I think it kind of helped me shape who I am
0: today nice so um you know, you're from Whitby, so I know uh, this area well, as well as uh, growing up with you and your family members. Uh, I'm lucky to know you guys quite well. And, you know, we'll kind of get into it a little bit more as we go into discussion with the balance board and stuff. But uh, just the importance of, you know, growing up in a good family that, uh, you know, provide you with opportunity in sports and education and, you um, just having just with your friends and family is always very important, as well as I always say here in Whippy, our f- facilities are top notch. We're very fortunate. Just around the corner from us, we have Iroquois Park, uh, like you said, giving you the opportunity to play hockey, lacrosse, soccer, uh, whatever it, it may be. I think we're just lucky to have uh, the support Um, from our family and friends, as well as the programs through um, recreation centers, as well as uh, schools uh, in our area. We're very, very, very fortunate. So it's it's kind of funny because like I said, I know you and um, upbringing with three older sisters. Um, I'm sure when... uh, your dad saw you uh, when you were born. He's pretty pumped to have uh, the boy. I got the boy. Yeah. Just knowing his background uh, with sports yeah. and, uh, himself. So, yeah, talk a little bit about uh, being the youngest of uh, three older sisters. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, it was, a, it was a good experience for sure. And my three older sisters were, were heavily involved in competitive sports as well, which I, I think helped. Um, I know my dad was probably pretty happy to to have a son after after three daughters, but uh, and he was involved in all our sports, all my sisters' sports and mine, and he was my trainer for pretty much my my whole hockey career, whole minor hockey career that that is. Um, so it was great having that, and as you said with Whippy, it's I really thought it was kind of a perfect location in terms of you're still kind of outside of Toronto, where you know. Some of the the minor sports can get a little little crazy with the GTHL and, and other organizations, but I really thought it was it was a good spot to to play hockey and lacrosse, kind of a hotbed for lacrosse more yeah. so than than hockey. So it was uh, good to have that, and I mean Whip Wildcats was always a good minor hockey organization. So um, having Iroquois, having I know going to old rink in Vipon, yeah. Kinney, you have you have lots of areas to kind of.
0: Uh, kind of build upon your skill set and uh, so it was it was great oh, that's awesome it's funny you say <clears throat> hotbed for lacrosse because I just recently had on uh, Adrian Sarchetti, and he kind of talked a lot about that so uh, you kind of falling in the lacrosse realm as well yeah um, yeah going back to uh, like I said I know your sisters too and having older sisters being the youngest um, but uh, let's kind of rave about them you have your oldest sister, Laura Panwick, yeah. um, she graduated as a medical optometrist, yeah. so she's practicing that uh, right now, which is a big accomplishment, so I think looking up to that older sister and her kind of, I think, paving the way, not necessarily in in her athletics, yeah. but just in her time, commitment to education, and achieving her goals, I think is 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 awesome. And then we move down the line to Anne-Marie. Uh, no, <laughs> no I Marie, she's just an ambitious uh, individual in, I'd say, everything she kind of does. Um, and she's in uh, practicing right now, and she's in the realm of health and wellness, yeah. which I've had many good conversations with her. And then, kind of last but not least, uh, Catherine, uh, known as Kit Kat or now Kitty in the City. <laughs> uh, she's, you know what, uh, very lucky, very three different three different sisters and KP or, uh, or Kit Kat as we call her, um, just happy-go-lucky and, you know, kind of uh, very optimistic and very uh, full of life yeah. uh, to her approach in her education and her career. Uh, so I think from the three of them, like I said, they were involved in athletics, yeah. but now they're into their careers. Um, I think there's a lot of inspiration and motivation I think I'm sure you kind of get from them as well through those kind of things.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I, I think in, e- in each of their own ways they're they're good role models for me and they're definitely all unique unique in- individuals and and I think that kind of ties back to to my parents and you know how they raised us and really let us go after what we uh, what, what our ambitions are. Um, yeah. So it's cool to see what, how their lives have progressed. Um, you know, Laura being a doctor, Amory in health and wellness, and, and Catherine um, in an HR function. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's awesome to see, and um, I'm really proud of them
0: all. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I can see that. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, let's kind of get, get into this. Just going back, we'll focus on kind of your sport career. Like we were saying, you started with uh, Whippy Wildcats and hockey and Whippy Warriors and lacrosse. Um, so far, by two, the two people I've had on my podcast, Cleta Zupanzic and Agent Sarketti, we've both touched on playing two sports, being a multi sport athlete and uh, having to come down to kind of choosing one over the other has kind of been like the theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were right there, the nitty gritty with regards to hockey and like your lacrosse was flourishing. Like you really put the time and commitment into both. And I know it probably was a tough decision. When it really came, push come to shove, because you had really good opportunities in both. So, kind of talk to me about um, how you maybe made that decision to focus on more on one than the other.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and first of all, I think it's I think it's really important that kids nowadays, especially, be exposed to multiple sports, as as you're saying, and really at an early age, you can if you just are focusing on lacrosse or hockey or whatever sport, you you'd probably end up getting burnt out or not enjoying it as much as you would have, if you've tried different sports, um, throughout the different seasons. So I think, I think hockey and lacrosse are complementary. Um, I know you still work different muscles and everything, but in terms of awareness and game sense, I think, um, there's a lot of synergy between those two sports. Um, but yeah, coming into the decision of of playing hockey or lacrosse, um, that was, it was a very tough decision and, and one I had to make and, Um, I did that after my draft year, so the summer of 10th grade. I kind of decided to focus on hockey, which may have seemed counterintuitive at the time because I wasn't drafted in the OHL, but I always kind of had a a greater passion for hockey, and I decided to go that route.
0: Nice, yeah, and I could only imagine how tough it was where... Yeah, you said 10th grade where I'm sure some of the <clears throat> attraction for the cross, with regards to schools were starting to come with team Ontario and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So
0: like I always said, when you go with your gut feeling and what you're passionate about is usually kind of the best decision uh, in the end. Yeah. Um, obviously we're gonna have our ups and downs, but <clears throat> to, when you go with your gut and kind of listen to that, I think it's always the best, always comes out the best uh, way. Yeah. yeah so definitely. kind of going back, they like said 10th grade, um, was your draft year for the OHL, Ontario Hockey League. Um, Growing up playing hockey, you're always on the AAA team. Um, Lucky enough, my brother played with you and I got to watch a handful of your games. Um, And for you guys who don't know Mike, he was always um, top in point production. Uh, He was part of the the leadership uh, of the team with regards to uh, captains so yeah kind of walk us through that day where i'm sure you had uh expectations um obviously with the draft we kind of kind of know enough that you never know what's going to happen and this is kind of a testament to what happened to you that obviously getting undrafted um you just really don't know so kind of walk us through that day you know maybe sitting down at your computer watching the draft Uh, what were your expectations what were your feelings and then ultimately coming down to not seeing your name, uh, how you kind of felt with that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and that day in particular was, was pretty tough. And the weekend in general, because the OHL draft that year um, fell in the same weekend as a Ontario U-16 or U-17 week weekend. So I was away at basically a, a, a showcase type tournament with all my peers during draft day. And, uh, you know... Majority of those guys got drafted at some point and there was only a select few of us who weren't picked and It was the type of tournament where you'd stay overnight with a roommate. So you you weren't with your family um, you're with a bunch of peers and Everyone's either super excited or, or super bummed out yeah. um, So the the draft day itself was a little tough I mean, I, I did talk to a few teams and I, I was expecting to get picked and you know It, it just didn't come and obviously during the day I, I was I was really bummed out about it, um, and then, as going back to my decision whether to stick to hockey or lacrosse or not, I mean I had a few people call me, um, people who haven't been who are in the same position as I were a couple years back, um, and just say you know it's not the end of the road. Yeah. Um, so the the decision between hockey and lacrosse was tough, but I think not getting drafted probably pushed me towards hockey more. Um, I think I was more passionate about it, but it also that gave me motivation to kind of prove everyone wrong yeah, that yeah. I am a good enough hockey player to make the next level, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's kind of what what really I think pushed me towards
0: hockey. Nice and like we kind of talked before, like this story is is so common, yeah. you know, whether it's hockey, lacrosse, baseball, soccer, whatever it may be, of uh, you know <clears throat> this whole. Draft, this this process of getting drafted. Um, you know, it happens all the time, and like you said, it's just un- It's sometimes just unpredictable, and it's really out of our control. But uh, I like the fact that you know you could have easily just went right back to lacrosse and picked up where you left off. But uh, that drive and motivation to trying to prove people wrong, I think was is cool to see. Uh, and try to go against the odds yeah. of uh, proving yourself to uh, the people out there. So. Obviously, we're gearing towards hockey and um, obviously scholarships, athletic scholarships were probably, was probably in the back of your mind. Yeah. Although there's walk-ons with, uh, OH, with OHL teams and other teams, uh, still the options there. Um, was NCAA kind of the main focus or did you kind of have to him and haw and really collect more information to see what would be the best route for you?
1: Yeah. Well, I, th- I think soon after the draft happened... I mean, a, a common response is, "Oh, I'm I'm going NCAA anyways." Yeah. All that, all that kind of stuff. But you you're really uncertain, and and that that time period, say from eleventh grade until maybe one year out of school, two years out of school, is kind of a really tumultuous time because there is a lot of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. If you don't get drafted in the OHL, you might not get a scholarship until you're nineteen, twenty years old. So there's a lot of uncertainty. And I always said that. Oh, I'm I'm gonna go NCAA, and that was my major goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after the my minor midget year, I, I went to prep school, which really exposed me more to NCAA hockey, not in terms of recruitment, but seeing different schools, seeing different games and the atmosphere there, and because um, a majority of our tournaments were were in the states. Um, so after that time period, I, I kind of I settled on. Um, I'm gonna go NCAA. Even if there was an OHL opportunity mm-hmm. that came about, yeah. um, I'm I'm gonna stick to my guts
0: and and hope a scholarship comes up. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good um, <clears throat> a good message for people out there, kind of going through this process, is you know it's the unknown, the uncertainty, and you know just keep keep moving forward, keep trying to get better, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's nice to hear from you, um, you know, experience it firsthand that. Like like you said, it could be your 17s, but this opportunity might not come till you're 19, 20. But then there's still that option of maybe going um going to a walk on tryout and um maybe joining a team uh through that process. So I think it's uh interesting to hear your uh take on it, as well as we always say kind of the more options you have, yeah. the better, and not to close close those doors. Yeah. Um sure. so whether you didn't get drafted or you uh, haven't made in, uh, say, an OHL or CHL team, um, that there's so many options out there oh, yeah. for you to pursue. And I think the, the message is, like, keep getting better at your craft, your skill, mm-hmm. your sport, uh, whatever whatever that may be. Um, so, so, yeah, so you made your way. Um, kind of made a decision like the main focus will be NCAA and it's cool you touched based uh, touched on your uh, uh, your school it was the hill right yep the hill, the hill. Um, great programs out there yep. through education that can ha- expose you to sports as well as help you with your schooling uh, which are like I said great programs so you made your way on to uh, the Whippy Fury a junior program here um, so kind of walk us through through that, with obviously a lot of emotions and uncertainty, uh, what were kind of what was your thought process and what kept you focused playing junior hockey to hopefully achieve whether it 's a scholarship or uh, walking on with a ho- another hockey team
1: yeah, and, and the jump from prep to, to junior was was a considerable jump I mean that first year I was in twelfth grade which was which was nice i mean playing playing for your hometown team and being able to go to your hometown high school back with all your all your friends throughout the day was was a nice change of pace, um, and that that first year was a little bit of a struggle. Obviously, there's an adjustment period, um, and I would say I was more of a role player that year. Mm-hmm. But I knew I had the, had the skill to excel. There's just a lot of a lot of older players on the team, overagers, and and so on. We were we were a good team, and you kind of just have to kind of essentially wait for your turn to excel Mm -hmm. um so after that first year i mean we got knocked out of the first round of playoffs i i was i always went to um either train like a pro or elite training systems down at iroquois um so i had a a big summer of training to really try to go in with a bang at the start of my second year of junior um and that year i was i was fortunate enough to have have a hot start um our team was good I, i had a great two great line mates um and then things were kind of snowballing at that point. I, you know, I, I had a good start to the year. Um, I was fortunate enough to make Team Canada East for the World Gym Junior A Challenge, and kind of throughout that time period, the first two months, I was the first time I was getting um, sniffs from college coaches, and you know I had a good tournament, and for the World Junior A Challenge, came back. was still playing well, and that's when. The college was college coaches were were really were really starting to make further connections, mm-hmm. um, so I mean it, it's, it really is all all timing and I was fortunate enough that it happened my my second year of junior but, you know everyone's narrative is different yeah. some guys as we said it can be your your third or fourth year of junior you happen to have a really good year and kind of things fall in line mm-hmm. um, so I was just lucky enough that. At uh, my second year, I, I made it a point to have a good start and
0: it just seemed to kind of snowball from there. Nice, nice. It's funny you say um, like that process and uh, that snowball, talking about the snowball effect. Um, I used to, growing up kind of doing the, kind of going through the same process. Oh, like you got to be lucky, you know, right yeah. place, right time. Uh, and then I was listening to actually, I think it was Oprah did a little talk and she's like, I don't believe in luck. You know, it's about uh, being prepared uh for when that opportunity comes uh and like you said after that first season you know you hit the gym uh and you were trying to prepare yourself for that opportunity right. and like you said um your team was good and you had an opportunity to you know play with some certain players but I think it's uh not so much luck but pre- preparing yourself for when that opportunity comes and kind of ride into the occasion and like you said in the snowball effect just you kind of just ran with uh kind of ran with it um so that's cool you kind of bring that up um and then so talk about so team canada east you got to represent canada like as any athlete to put on the canada jersey it doesn't matter what level is obviously a great accomplishment in itself um so uh you know tell us a little bit about that where it was uh, maybe some of the players you played with um and it obviously took your game to the next level um i can only imagine
1: yeah yeah for sure it was in yarmouth nova scotia um and it's a pretty interesting tournament. There's a there's a Team Canada East team, which is comprised of the junior leagues. I'm I'm pretty sure from from Ontario all the way out east, and then there's a Team Canada West team. I'm pretty sure Russia brings their like U eighteen team. So you play against you play against top level talent. Um, the U S team is comprised of USHL players. So it's a it's a really strong tournament. Um, the fans there. I mean, I think in uh, the Maritimes they take their junior hockey really seriously mm-hmm. so it was always packed every game it was, it was really cool to wear the the Team Canada jersey especially I, I kind of look at it as from the, the time where I was trying out for the Ontario junior team to not making that team or not making the team not being drafted even to going fast forwarding a couple of years to having the opportunity to wear a Team Canada jersey mm-hmm. for hockey mm-hmm. um, it, it was a pretty special moment I had my parents there and everything so it was it uh, was a time to look back on and really cherish, and and I think it did help me, you know, be highlighted as one of the, at least in the OJHL, one of the better players for mm-hmm. college coaches, which I think helped me make that next step.
0: Of course, yeah. So I'm going sure to actually backtrack. I just uh, was thinking here because this year I'm coaching uh, Bannum Triple A team. Yep. And obviously, Bantam AAA in the following years, their minor midget for draft year. Um, But I just want your opinion and kind of take, because I know um, some of the athletes as well as uh, the parents listening here could get some feedback on it, because it's been kind of a little bit of topic in the dressing room and meetings, is I want to talk about a little bit about agents and advisors. Okay. So, and we'll get, as we're moving here, we're going to get into your college career and um, can be important to have an agent. Yep. Or as we call them, starting off, just an advisor. Right. Um you know give some of the parents and players that are making their way up you know bannum to minor midget the importance of having one when you should get one if you should get one um and what's your yeah just your opinion on on that as you kind of made your way up the ranks
1: okay yeah i can give my my story on this essentially i mean everyone's story is different and every player is different whether they might be a top rated prospect and several agents are coming to them if they're going to be a sure OHL player um, but I, I never had an agent or advisor in minor hockey. Um, maybe it would have helped for me to get drafted maybe not you, you're not i don't really know i, I can 't really speculate on that. I think if you 're maybe a, like a bubble player that might get drafted might not i, I don 't think it 's crucial the, the advisor or agent is not going to they 're not going to have enough pull to get you on a team, regardless mm-hmm. of who you are, who they are, um, so I didn't have an agent up until my second year of junior, actually, um, and or at this at this point it's considered yeah. an advisor, yeah. um, and this advisor at, at that point, I knew I was gonna I was I wanted to have a good year, and so uh, and I I knew, you know NCAA options might be around if if there are so I wanted someone to. You know, maybe cultivate those relationships a little bit, and advise me of maybe what what particular schools are strong in what areas, mm-hmm. what conferences are are the best, and so on. So, and this guy really helped me out. I mean, he, um, I ultimately I made a decision to go where I went, but he kind of parsed through all the details yeah. and yeah. and everything. So he helped me out at that point, and then, um, but I don't I don't think it's. Essential, I think it it can help for sure. Yeah. Um but in minor hockey, like maybe maybe minor midget get one at the later parts. But I I don't think it's I don't think it's truly essential. Yeah. Because I know if your coaches can talk to OHL scouts and everything like Mm -hmm. that. So it's it's um I don't think it's essential, but it can be beneficial
0: in certain circumstances. In, in,
1: yeah. In certain situations. Yeah. For sure.
0: So don't, what he's like, what Mike's really trying to say, like you don't get, don't get too worked up about it. Yeah. And stuck up on it no, just because no. this guy's doing this doesn't mean it's good for you. Yeah. Right. Exactly, yeah. And like you said, everybody has their own situation, um, and whatnot. So I like, that's great feedback for those parents and players that are making, uh, their way up, uh, through, uh, the process of, you know, getting drafted or, uh, getting athletic scholarships. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's get, let's get, uh, I'm excited to hear about a little bit about your NCAA uh, career. So uh, tell us a little bit about um, Col- it was Colgate you went to, uh, a little bit of their early interaction and maybe why you chose that school. And then from there, we'll get right into playing uh, NCAA hockey.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so around, I think it was been, would have been November, my first contact with Colgate it was assistant coach. I guess he came to watch a couple games and eventually had a brief conversation with him. And after a few phone interactions, I went on a, a visit there. And at, at the same point, I was also touring some other schools, um, but I went to Colgate. The the, the campus was beautiful and I, I really liked their recruiting process of, um, they, they really bring any recruit in and then I mean, take them to the team meals and everyone was super friendly, all the current players there. Um, which I found to be somewhat different on other visits I went to, so mm-hmm. I immediately like felt at home. Um, it is a very good school in terms of your edu- education, mm-hmm. um, and that was one aspect I was, I was kind of looking at. I, I not only I, I wanted to play good hockey, but I wanted to go to a good school, mm-hmm. and this offered best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then eventually I think it might have been January or February. I, I had the option to commit there for the following year, mm-hmm. which was also nice because I had some other offers that were maybe the year after that. So yeah. it was, it was the next season that I would be going, which ultimately was my goal. Yeah. Um, and, and in some cases that that's a good goal and sometimes you're ready for it, which yeah. I felt like I was. Yeah. And some, sometimes guys might not be ready to make that next step in another year. Junior yeah. might be more beneficial for their
0: hockey career. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, so that was kind of the the process of of me getting to Colgate. So I think it's like, yeah, the importance of finding a program that fits your your personality, the things you like. It's very important not to, like you said, just jump right into, you know, to a school because of, you know, maybe the name Mm -hmm. uh, behind it. Uh, Trying to find the best fit uh, through education, through... um, team itself and then through the community as well like you said feeling at home i think is very important i think that can help you uh in all aspects flourish education sports uh and having a good social life i think it's important to do your homework and like you said the advisors there to kind of help you and guide you make the best decision uh, for you which i think is uh very very important yeah definitely um so yeah so uh we're going to kind of like now we're more sports specific here and actually playing um you know the atmosphere the games you played in you know um throughout throughout uh, sports career there's always that uncertainty whether it was what we were talking about before or even playing like you don't know if you're going to be in the lineup you don't know if you're going to be on this line this line or this line like there's always that uncertainty and i think kind of staying focused on your goals um is very important uh you know when you get that opportunity to kind of make the most of it so just because you have that scholarship now okay you're comp- it's a job you're competing to be in the lineup every night it's yeah. not for sure um so yeah talk about your earlier years um and then into your later years how your role um kind of changed throughout and um and how you developed as uh, a student athlete
1: yeah definitely um yeah so I mean your your first year can be a little bit of a shock I mean you go from being the the top dog on your junior team to your college team, which there's like sixteen eighteen other guys on on scholarships who are also in the same boat as you um so that's another big jump I would say the jump from you know from minor hockey to junior and junior to college that's it's a, it's a considerable jump and in addition the guys. Being older, mm-hmm. I turned nineteen my my freshman year in October, and that same year, there's our captain in the spring turned twenty five. <laughs> so it's you're you're playing with with a lot of older guys, and yeah. that first year, I mean you you're hoping to be in the lineup, and fortunately, I, I was in the lineup um, every game that year. Um, but it, it you you have to put in the work in in practice, and yeah. practice is always super competitive because. You practice five days, four days a week, and then you play Friday Saturday. So if you slack off at practice, or you know, you know, and you, you just have an off week of practice, and you're you're in your first couple of years, it's very good chance you'll be yeah. um, sitting yeah. <laughs> sitting in the stands because yeah. um, you carry four, four extra guys or yeah. something like that in college. Um, so yeah, your, your role kind of it can shift depending on I mean how your career progresses. My my first year I was kind of bouncing around because we had some injuries and whatnot, and that team was 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 awesome. Um, that was probably, record-wise, that was my best year at Colgate, my, mm-hmm. my freshman year. And then um, sophomore year, we had some guys graduating and guys leave, so I had to fill a more offensive role, mm-hmm. um, which I did at a pretty good capacity, maybe not as well as I could have. And then moving into junior year, actually... I felt that my role was lessened a bit. I was more so on like the third, fourth line, energy type player. And yeah. um, that, that year was actually tough because we weren't doing that well as a team. And personally, I, I, I was in a weird spot because the year before I, I was getting more ice time, power play and whatnot. And I kind of had to parse through what was going on and, and really buckle down and, and show my coaches that I, I could be the player that they recruited me. Mm-hmm. And, Crewed me for and what I could bring, and then, um, and then I think my first half of that year wasn't great, and then I picked up in the in the latter half, and then um, my final year is I played on a really good line, had had lots of opportunity, um, you know, power play, penalty kill, and whatnot. So it was um, it was kind of different how it progressed, but I, I, as with anyone's hockey career, it's yeah. never a straight pass, yeah, There's always yeah. going to be obstacles, other. Mm-hmm ups and downs in the road, and um, I think if you just stay determined and, and persevere, and yeah. you, you'll be uh, successful.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, obviously having the chance to work with you on some of uh, my performance and mindset coaching, uh, you have kind of know well now about my balance board, so probably not really necessarily knowing at the time, you know, the concept of the balance board, is very evident that you had a balance board, uh, like you were talking about, uh, so you have your schooling. Yeah. Uh, getting an athletic scholarship you have your school and you have to deal with uh as a point on the balance board you have your sport uh hockey in this case as another port- part of the balance board um being away from home your family and friends um throughout your career i know your parents were down there your sisters were down there yeah i've heard some good stories uh through that um their support there another part on your balance board and then your social life you know so you really had uh it's very evident what your balance board looked like obviously maybe not looking at it that way but it's definitely very uh evident um like you said it was a bit of a roller coaster so uh, talk to me about, um, you know, how you dealt with some of these challenges. How did you manage um, some of these parts of your balance board? Um, obviously, each year you learn a little bit more, gain a little more experience. Um, and for just the, the guys viewing who are making this jump, obviously, like you said, your first year is very overwhelming, trying to have a spot, but then having to deal with all of the other stuff, moving away from home. Yeah. Um, tell us some of the stuff you've learned, um, some of the, maybe some of the, things you use to keep you on track um, throughout your college career.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and, I, I mean, I, at hindsight, I, I think my balance board was most balanced at Colgate because I had, I mean, I was getting a great education, albeit it was it was tough. It wasn't easy. So mm-hmm. it was challenging. Um, sport was challenging. Being away from family was challenging, but I was lucky enough that the school I went to was under five hours away and uh, also fortunate enough that my parents were and siblings and other family members were, were willing to make the trip to home games mm-hmm. and some away games every so often so I was still in touch with family um, I, you know, I had to build new friendships which honestly came quite easily being on the hockey team yeah. you're, you're you're kind of forced and I mean as you find with most teams and in and, and hockey in particular I feel like guys have Similar mindsets yeah. and goals and whatnot. So, we, I mean, I had I had twenty plus friends right away. So yeah. that that was uh, that was made it made the transition a little easier. Um, I think the sk- schooling aspect was probably the most difficult for me at first. Mm-hmm. Um, going to a school like Colgate, majority of students are coming from prep schools in the states, yeah. and um, that's really a, a whole different. Different game, different atmosphere in terms of I think how they're educated and how they're prepared for school. Yeah. And it took me a little bit to realize that I'm just as smart as them. I just wasn't educated in the same way as them. Yeah. Um, you know they they know how to write ten page papers when they come in. They know how to, <laughs> they know how to deal with professors because yeah. they essentially went to many universities before they went to real universities. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the education was was a little bit of a challenge at first, but then. I mean all the hockey guys were would, would, had great support and they said like listen like you're you're just as smart <laughs> as these kids you just don't know the words that they're using. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um so there was a bit of, a bit of an adjustment period at, at that point. Um and there's there like some some different challenges obviously being away from home and you you miss um you miss family events and and things like that and, and events that your your friends are having and you see it on Instagram Snapchat but yeah. um I think I think I had a had a good support supportive team at, at Colgate and and was able to build some some really strong friendships there which which helped
0: yeah it 's funny you sayingchow chal- like ch- every, it was your best year, but you kept saying challenging' It's challenging your way from home and I think Um, I think that kind of brings the best out in you, you know, whenever there's a challenge, like you're, you're up for it, you know, whereas if it was too easy, maybe you wouldn't have done as well. You know what I mean? So, um, hearing you talk, I think, um, that's something that, um, Allows you to excel is yeah. having a challenge in front of you, and if there isn't a challenge, I'm sure you create a challenge for yourself, whether it's setting a goal or and accomplishing something. So it's cool to say is your best year your best your most balanced yeah. in college, but it's probably your most challenging four years of your life yeah. up to that point. Yeah. Oh, right, sure. so it's yeah. kind of it's cool to hear um how the two uh, work yeah. hand in hand with each other. Uh, You're saying, um, you know, building friendships. I think part of the balance board relationships are very, very important and to have, you know, um, your teammates, um, your peers support you, I think is very, um, uh, can help us along the way in building relationships and what better opportunity than to go somewhere away from home where you get to mingle with, um, other people. Uh, so tell me about some of these relationships uh you've kind of formed and the importance of them um as you've progressed through your career yeah definitely and i mean as i as i said like ultimately you go to school and then
1: on the hockey team for the most part you have you have 20 20 plus friends and then your network just expands i mean you obviously meet non-athletes and athletes on other teams um but i think Like going to different events, whether it's not just going to hockey practice, doing homework and going to bed, going to different events where you're meeting different people Mm -hmm. um, and kind of building your network is really beneficial, especially for next steps, whether you, I mean, you you play professional hockey or professional sports for a year, a couple of years, and then transition to the real world. Yeah, for sure. Those relationships that you cultivate during your college years and, and beyond and really any, any point in your life mm-hmm. will matter a lot and um you know if you if you need a pickup or, or something like that you always know that you can go back to your yeah. people that you know you've built these relationships with maybe you haven't talked to them and you know a year yeah. or you, everyone's busy but you can ultimately count on them yeah. to to be there for you and
0: yeah. and so on so that's yeah, important to yeah. value to value your relationships and the people <clears throat> that you've grown, grown up with and meet along the way. I think, like you said, it doesn't matter if you haven't talked well, in a while, To touch base yeah, it can always um, bring famili- familiarity uh, to you and what you're doing. Uh, so playing through Colgate, as you made your, uh, made your way up, you uh, eventually uh, became um, <clears throat> you're part of the leadership group uh, as one of the captains. Uh, knowing growing up with you um you know your personality you're a little more reserved i think and you're more uh lead by example uh, kind of guy yep. and uh and then working with you and kind of talking about your experiences you had as team captain and you know leading chance um talking with guys and you know getting the team going yeah your leadership um and the way you Lead, um, I think has has changed a little bit, or you've learned more, or you've become more confident uh, with your leadership abilities. Uh, so talk to us about uh, your leadership role, like what the, what does that mean, and the different ways you've kind of gone about uh, leading a team. Um, I know it started in minor hockey, but talk about talk about that yeah, for sure. us.
1: Yeah, so um, yeah, my senior year, I was elected one of two captains. Um, my freshman year roommate and I were, were both captains which is awesome we could go through everything kind of together um and I am typically a, a more reserved guy more lead by example like if, and I and especially I knew if if I had a C on my jersey I I, I couldn't take a game off yeah so I I, I took the mentality of leaning by example but uh, I was also going back to the challenge where I knew I couldn't just be the same reserved guy anymore and yeah. i needed I, if things were going wrong and i could see it i needed to be more vocal mm-hmm. um and that stemmed from maybe like some pregame speech or chant or post game if we didn't do something right in particular like that bringing it aware and make sure everyone is not okay with it so mm-hmm. we can we can move forward um and that that was that was quite honestly a little bit of a challenge for me but i i think it in the long run it it's it was beneficial yeah. for my personal development. Yeah. Um, being comfortable talking in in front of a group of people, where maybe you know you're not really conversing, but you, you have to give a speech. Yeah. Um, so I think in in those different areas, I I think it it really pushed me, and and I'm I'm glad I had had the opportunity to do so because mm-hmm. uh, it really kind of expanded my
0: my skill set. Nice, yeah. There once again, you know, another challenge faced and yeah. uh, taking taking that on. Um, so obviously being part of a leadership group, <clears throat> you have different, uh, people, uh, some of the stories you've told me with regards to having, um, kind of a, a sports psychologist, um, person, kind of part of your team. Um, I want you to talk about, um, you know, what this person, what they kind of did to help the leadership group as well as the team. Because I know you have a good story that I want you to tell, um, <clears throat> and I'm going to let you share that and, Kind of, I guess, a little bit of your first taste with regards to sports psychology, performance, and mental mindset, uh, through college. So, um, yeah, like I'll, I'll let you, like I said, I'll let you tell the story. Yeah, for sure. I'll yeah. So we had a,
1: a performance <laughs> consultant, coach, whatever you want to call it, um, at Colgate. He was a, he was a Colgate grad of nineteen seventy or something. So he was a little bit older, but um, I actually really really admired him and, and what he did, and so. Each freshman or each first-year player coming in would, would do the Myers-Briggs type indicator, which is a personality test, shows your motivations, um, basically outlines what kind of person you are, and, and it's really accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, so each year, all the incoming players would do that, and then after he had one-on-one meetings with him, them, or at, same as I did my freshman year, we would have a team meeting all together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, This is one thing, I I, it made a big impact on me and I think an impact on our team and how we were successful that year. But my last year, uh, we had one of these meetings and, you know, he challenged Evan Peterson and I, the co-captains and the rest of the seniors to really take hold of the meeting, Mm -hmm. uh, which was great. And I think that meant more to our teammates that we took control. And then near the end of the meeting, um, he brought up these series of paintings. Um, and from our Myers-Briggs indicator type tests, he, he thought that we were over analytical, a kind of paralysis by analysis. We would think too much and get our own heads, maybe too much self-talk or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the message with these paintings was there was Picasso paintings of bulls. And over a series of time, Picasso painted the bull more simply so very detailed bull painting with hair and horns and everything to eventually year by year get more simple to where there was only five lines symbolizing a bull on the on the painting or whatever and then the message was bulls in essence are simple they they kind of they see something they see red and and they go and that was the message to our team that we can 't be thinking about all the possibilities, maybe all the bad possibilities mm-hmm. we just have to play. Yeah. Not that thinking is bad you should be th- you should be thinking yeah. and, and focus, but sometimes you you can overthink mm-hmm. and he was concerned that the makeup of our team was going to be overthinkers, yeah, um, so kind of our mantra going forward was to be the bull, be yeah. the simple bull that yeah. sees red and, and and goes, and I think that. That really helped our team because we had, we had a really young team and, you know, as I said, in your younger years of college, you might be a little nervous of where you fit in and, and how much you can contribute. Mm-hmm. And I think that really, that helped those guys and, and we kind of carried that message
0: forward going along. Nice. Yeah, I love, I love that message. You told me that story. I totally related to it with regards to you know some of the techniques and tools I'm trying to use like that's such a such a great tool and it's cool to see how uh, how accurate those that little test you guys took earlier on and having the painting how it all really uh, was one in itself sort of speak and if you buy if you buy into this stuff um, as a team like you're gonna you're gonna start to see results you know and that's the coolest thing about sports it doesn't take it takes a whole team it's not just one guy it's all of them so um from that aspect, yeah, I just, I love the message and the tool that he used uh, for you guys in yeah. that um, what a kind of a great year to kind of cap off uh, being part of uh, the leadership crew of the your Colgate team and having experience uh, through sports performance yeah. like that. It's really, yeah, uh, it's really cool. Um, so yeah, moving, kind of moving along through your career, you've um, just recently finished your first uh, year of almost call it almost like semi, semi pro hockey, yep. uh, out, out in the East coast there, uh, another huge accomplishment and another stepping stone, um, to your hockey career. And, uh, I was very lucky enough to have a conversation with you before you went out there. Um, you know, as a new experience for you and then kind of for me trying to get, uh, uh the autotelic mindset, um, some of my tools and letting me practice some of my, uh, theories and concepts out uh, with you was, um, I was very, for, I'm, was very fortunate to have that conversation and work with you throughout the season. I, I always say to my clients, just as much as you're learning from me, I get to learn from, from you. Um, so I want you to kind of talk to, uh, talk to me about um, your experience with, um, obviously you've had a, had a taste of it with college, um, but working with uh, the mental side of the game and some of the things uh, you've kind of picked up. Um, and just some food for thought for other people in sports who are maybe not sure about performance coaches and what they you know what what it 's kind of presented for you
1: yeah i, I think it 's been it 's been obviously awesome working with you and and i think it's it 's a big reason why you know I did well this year um, the mental side of the game is is half the battle, mm-hmm. and I think I had good support at Colgate with the with the one team consultant and so on but there wasn't a similar person on the team um, where I was this year so I was super fortunate to to have you and 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 you know use your tools and your guidance to kind of keep me balanced and obviously we can touch on a few of the tools that that we used or I used Mm -hmm. um, throughout the year that that you provided and you know if we can go back to the balance board um, having someone to kind of to really keep you balanced, because in in pro hockey you're you're living on your own, you're on you're. And this year I was far away from my family. Mm-hmm. Um, there was sort of a longer longer down times than I was used to. Um, so I think it it was huge to have a resource like you mm-hmm. um, to kind of keep me in check, keep me in balance, and and keep me focused, because. You know there there can be a lot of distractions that you can, that you can find because um, say on a practice day you don't have much going on so, um, so yeah if we, if we want to talk about sure, a, few, yeah. a few of the tools <clears throat> yeah go um, ahead
0: you you kind of lead the way here let me know let's take <clears throat> two or three that you know you've kind of adapted yeah. to your your sport and. Yeah, uh, prep, prepping for game game day
1: yeah well um, one of the things that I used frequently which Ryan, Ryan taught me was the, the anchors um, and I'm sure you can explain it a little bit better than, than I can but you're, you're essentially anchoring an emotion um, to your body whereas if you're not feeling up to par in a certain emotion such as or maybe let's say your energy is low or your confidence is low um, we used anchors to to kind of supplement and bring my confidence and energy back yeah, up. Yeah. Um, and it's through a specific routine that yeah. that Ryan Ryan went through with me, but I utilized that tool f- f- quite quite often. Maybe not every game because I didn't want to overuse it. Yeah. Um, but say say if my confidence wasn't great, I didn't have t- a too good too particularly great periods i would use my confidence anchor Mm -hmm. and say if i scored a goal i would press that same same anchor to reinforce it there you go yeah um so that that was that was a tool Um, um the second one we went through a whole bunch of testing before i went down there and i think it revealed that i you know feed off of um audio stimulation yeah yeah. Um. So before each game, and um, as I kind of touched on before, paralysis, paralysis by analysis. I'm, I was in my head a lot. Yeah. Um. And what we did was establish a routine where I, if I would maybe this is tied to confidence too, where I, I would repeat, "I'm the best," mm-hmm. while looking at a particular thing. Um. And that would kind of sharpen me and focus, eliminate negative self talk. And ultimately be focused for the game, Mm -hmm. and similar to if I was on the bench, and then I want to reinforce that
0: I had a good shift. I would I would do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, I think one of my most popular tools. I love um I love performing it and getting you into that state where you know you're most confident, you had the most energy, um, are always good feelings, which which I love. uh and kind of going back to this this concept of uncertainty I know throughout the season it was funny because like there were some highs and there were some lows and everything in between um a certain game particularly was probably I would say I'd say probably one of the highlight of the season where uh, you know I got the I actually got a message from it was my dad who was here watching with your dad Mike just scored got a hat trick uh yeah game winning goal in overtime and I'm like um, I was kind of sitting there with a big smile on my face and, you know, I was just giving myself a little pat on the back. I'm like, I hope I had a l- just a little bit to do with that. Obviously, uh, it was all, was all you're doing, but um, hopefully some of the, these techniques and things kind of paid off for that moment. It was very exciting uh, for me and I'm sure for you and your friends and family to see and hear about that. Um, but just as the high was high, the next game, Mike gets hit with um, a hit to the head um with a concussion or or yeah ultimately came down to getting a concussion so he went from you know you went from a really high point to the next day a really low point and to me uh, as a mindset coach was a challenge in itself to understand the way you were thinking of you know going from two extremes and once again trying to stay balanced and uh the process of um you know staying balanced and the mental side of things because concussions are very um it's a very hot topic in sports yeah um so from my point of view i got to learn a lot about uh about that side of things and we you know we came up with different things to you know like, can't rush this obviously and st- still stay focused you yeah. had the season was go- you were actually like you said the snowball effect you were starting yeah. to cut, really come on and then unfortunately this little incident uh, happened and you know it's a, it was a good character building moment I think for yourself as well as uh for me to learn uh these things um so yeah some of the techniques I'm glad that kind of rubbed off on you and we saw some success yeah definitely. um and then also another point throughout the season which I just want to kind of touch base with because it's in any sport it happens where you know you're riding a good snowball effect things are going well and so quickly a snap of, of a finger that things can turn and uh throughout the season uh Mike uh, had some fa- a family member uh, pass away, which um, is, is never easy in anybody's life. And like I said, this is in, happens in all sports. It's just sometimes not talked about or it may show up in your performance, whether it's good or not so good. As an audience, you don't know why this is happening. Yeah. Um, but it's very good to reflect, reflect on and to know, you know, these players, it doesn't matter. Like I said, it doesn't matter what's going are always overcoming adversity um, in their own personal life. Uh, so Mike had to um kind of, you know, had a little bit of, had to deal, overcome, overcome another obstacle, another challenge. So maybe you can kind of just touch on it uh, a little bit um and yeah. how you kind of overcame this.
1: Yeah. And that that is the difficult part and the nature with, I mean, college hockey, pro hockey is that it's very time demanding and it's not flexible. It's not, it's not a regular job where you can just take time off and, and go home. Um, if a certain family event happens, like a wedding or, or a death or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, my, my nanny passed away in, um, I think it was, uh, it would have been early 2018. So actually, so, so, so still when I was at Colgate. Um, and obviously, I, I was devastated and wanted to be home for, for the funeral. And then, you know, I, I figured that I would play the Friday night game wake up really early Saturday, try to catch a flight home and figure out how to get back for, yeah. for Saturday night. And ultimately, I mean, the, it was an unfortunate situation, but um, like the, my flight got canceled. I was at the airport and everything, so I was devastated. Um, and that's just, uh, you know, being away from family and, and, and friends. You've, you've made relationships at home is, is probably the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially when you're far away, where I was this year in Kansas City, it's you you're you miss a lot of important things, which yeah. is hard, and I think it makes you appreciate the time you have at home even more. Yeah. Um, especially spending time with time with family. If you know, um, if you miss certain events, try to make up that time. Yeah. Um, but going back to close relationships, like it, it means a lot if you have. Close teammates who are who know your situation and yeah. and, and can make things a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Like in that situation with with the death in the family, my my um, one of my teammates drove me at three a.m. to the airport yeah. and picked me up once my flight got canceled. Yeah. And that's not something that uh, everyone that everyone come, yeah. does. Yeah. Um, so I was thankful enough to have that close of a friend that that he would offer to do that. Um, but it is tough. I mean. Ultimately, you might not know that some of your teammates are going through those things. Um, So you try to be attentive, and sometimes it can get lost. But there's always sometimes clues where, you know, a guy might be off one day. Yeah. And maybe a guy who's normally really talkative and in the locker room always having a good time is is sad or, you know, is um, just something's off. And I think... If you have a good locker room, close locker room and guys pick up on that yeah. and normally and hopefully maybe ask how things are going yeah. and whatnot. But, um, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes, you know, you have a lot on your plate, yeah. um, that you just, it kind of, you kind of just look past it, not intentionally, but,
0: yeah. um, it just gets kind of lost. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool, like, all these different areas, relationships come into your life, um, and the support you get, and how, reiterate, how important it is to really go to that side of the balance board, you know what yeah. I mean, and how it really ties into your sports, and uh, where you are at the time, and like you said, guys picking you up when needed, which is the beauty of a team sport, Yeah. Um, but really just painting a broader picture, like, sports and playing high level sports is it's 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 a journey it's a process there's highs there's lows and going back to the mindset and trying to make that as balanced as possible but what i say to my clients is you know this is reality your balance board is never fully balanced yeah. if it is like um
1: won't be balanced for long <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> someone's gonna yeah. come up
0: or tell me what yeah. the magic is i yeah. don't i don't i don't know but yeah. um yeah it's, it's great to it's great to see um See And you've had such a great uh, journey, and I'm lucky just to be part of it, just yeah. in the slightest bit. Um, so when Mike's not, um, you know, playing hockey, uh, and you're not in the arena, what's, what does Mike like to do? Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm, since I'm away for, I've been away for the large part of the last five years, as I said earlier, I, I really like to do family things and, and hang out with family members um, and friends that I've, I've built relationships with here um just because you you do lose touch naturally with, with some of them and miss events and, and whatnot um like watching tv the show i'm watching right now is uh billions okay on showtime interesting show watch game of thrones yeah. um uh, yeah i mean I, I feel like i live a pretty pretty normal life um read the odd time nothing crazy but uh the simple
0: simple things of life that sometimes we we like you said you miss uh, that when you're away from from home and stuff yeah exactly uh and then you know we kind of gave some advice uh as we kind of talked but just some advice for those young athletes that are just making their way uh through the ranks you know what would you what would you kind of give to them if you're going to pick one thing to, you know, pass on what would what would that be? Yeah,
1: I'll touch on two things and two themes we kind of touched on throughout this talk. But um, the first one being, don't let any bumps or little obstacles get in the way of your ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Whether that goal is, you know, making house league to a hockey or a hockey to triple A hockey or playing junior one day or playing college or pro, um, have those goals and and stick with them and know there's going to be adversity because anything worth Doing is likely not going to come easy. Yeah um, So you have to stick on that path if you really want it and you have to decide if you really want it Because um, there's mul- multiple different avenue- avenues you can go down whether that be sports or you want to focus on school and you know Being a very educated person yeah. um, So I think just not letting those little bumps get in the way of of your ultimate goal and then the second theme we we kind of talked about, and I think this is probably the most important in terms of team sports and and if in in individual sports as well, because you always have supporting members, mm-hmm. but um being mm-hmm. a good teammate mm-hmm. um, because down the line when say um, you're my teammate, and we're talking about our teammate Jim from 20 years ago yeah. it's not our first topic of conversation though how Jim, how's Jim doing mm-hmm. it's not going to be oh Jim was a great hockey player yeah. it's Jim was an awesome guy yeah. awesome teammate yeah. would do anything would bend over backwards for you mm-hmm. um, so I think being a good teammate comes first obviously there's personal goals but there's always a way to balance both of those mm-hmm. and um, so I think that
0: those two pieces of advice would be my my yeah, advice like, for any younger athletes. <clears throat> Great advice, and we'll post. I'll post on my social media. If you guys have any questions for him, myself, uh, we'll post everything so you can get in contact. Uh,